But tonight we're going to talk about why Good Friday is so good. Today, as I was working on tonight's message, I was wrestling with what Christ dealt with on the cross to where the struggles that I've had this week does not compare to what He endured for us on that cross. I had a great opportunity this afternoon. For those of you that do not know, I don't do a lot of office work here at the church. And the reason why is because I'm by myself, and I don't like being by myself. I get lonely. And so uh, I need distraction. I don't know if anybody in here needs distraction, but I, I, I camp out sometimes at the coffee shop in Locust. And one of the reasons why I do that, I was told by a pastor several years back, is to try and do your office time outside of the church. And I was like, why? And he said, because that's where you have most of your conversations. You actually get to hold conversations with people. Today, I had the awesome opportunity to talk to the entire coffee shop about why Good Friday is so good. That was awesome. It was awesome because it was what I was teaching on tonight. Why is Good Friday so good? John Wesley, I'm sorry, Charles Wesley. Charles Wesley was preaching in a prison. He took the gospel to the outcasts of society. And in July of 1738, he was at Newgate, the infamous London prison. It was a cruel penitentiary where men, especially slaves, were condemned for the most minor offenses. Hangings were conducted for townspeople to view like sporting events. Charles took a special interest in a poor African slave condemned to hang for stealing from his master. The hopeless man listened in astonishment as Charles Wesley told him about Christ who came from heaven to die an agonizing death for him. He listened with eager astonishment as the tears streamed down his cheeks. He cried, what? Was it for me? Did God suffer all this for so poor a creature? As me. He soon found salvation in Christ, as did several other prisoners. In the next week, on the day of execution, Charles prayed and sang hymns with the men as they were loaded onto a cart, their hands tied behind their backs. Charles wrote in his journal that they were all cheerful, full of comfort peace and triumph, assuredly persuaded that Christ had died for them and that He was waiting to receive them in paradise. And he also recorded that that hour under the gallows was the most blessed hour in his entire life. Christ died an agonizing death a painful death. It was a dark day on Good Friday 
those 2,000 years ago. And people ask today, why do we call it Good Friday? Because as a Christian, it's a Good Friday, but it's also the worst Friday. Because as we reflect on our sin, as we reflect on our shame, we see that the Savior of the world, the King of all creation, came and died for us. So what did Christ accomplish on the cross? Vincent, thank you for reading the Scripture earlier. We're going to be in John 19 tonight, beginning in verse 16. Vincent already read it. We're going to ask the question, why is Good Friday so good? The main idea, the big idea in the the sermon outline is in your bulletin. The, The main idea I want to get across to you is this. The worst Friday is good because it is good news for sinners. The worst Friday is good because it is good news for sinners. Good Friday for us can be dark and may seem discouraging sometimes because we're reflecting on a bloody, gruesome act that was done on our behalf. I have five reasons why it is good news for sinners, and we're going to pull it out of this passage. So number one, Jesus was punished for our sin so that we may be set free from the penalty of our sin. Jesus was punished for our sin so that we may be set free from the penalty of our sin. Look at verse 16. So He delivered Him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and He went out bearing His own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified Him and with Him two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. When we look at the cross in this passage, we see the cross between two other crosses. You've seen that painting before where there's three crosses and the one in the middle is a little larger, a little taller than the others. Jesus is crucified between two criminals. But He suffered not just between criminals, but He suffered as a criminal. He suffered as a criminal. Innocent. But as a criminal. He had done nothing wrong. But He died in our place. And not only did He suffer as a criminal, He suffered for criminals. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. He paid our ransom. He ransomed our sin. Paid the penalty for us on our behalf. The penalty that you and I should have paid. He didn't have to pay it. But He willingly, lovingly, obediently paid it. He ransomed our sin and He removed our guilt. Romans 8.1 For there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. 
No guilt. Our guilt has been wiped clean. And you want to know why that's good news? Because you can stop feeling guilty about your past sin. I lived my life for many years guilt, just feeling just the guilt and the burden of my sin. I've made some mistakes in my life. I've committed sin in my life that I'm not happy about. And we don't have to remember those anymore. Corey Tim Boom once said that Christ has cast our sins so far in the deepest waters that God has posted an efficient sign. That He cast it into the deepest waters never to bring it back up again. He forgets about it. Jesus was punished for our sins so that we may be set free from the penalty of our sin. We are set free from the guilt. We are set free from the penalty. We no longer have to worry about what we owe God because Christ paid it all. So Christians, stop feeling guilty. If you've put your faith and trust in Christ, He has set you free from it. Not only was He punished for our sin, number two, Jesus was humiliated so that God's glory may be revealed. Look at verse 19. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic and Latin and in Greek. So the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Pilate did not write that inscription because he thought Christ was king of the Jews. Pilate wrote that sarcastically. It was meant to slander him. It was meant to humiliate him. And let me tell you, there is nothing more humiliating in history than the crucifixion. You're exposed on a cross as a criminal. You're spat upon. People throw rocks at you. They curse you. It's humiliating. And Christ did not complain. Through Christ's humiliation, what they meant for evil, God meant for good so that His glory may be revealed. We see in verse 23, when the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took His garments and divided them into four parts. One part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the Scripture which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. I read something in one of my study Bibles that I thought was beautiful. 
His tunic was not torn because you cannot tear the kingdom of God. This was to fulfill Scripture. He was humiliated so that God's glory may be revealed. Number three, as we look at the cross, Jesus was crucified so that we may be adopted through Him. Jesus was crucified so that we may be adopted through Him. Look at verse 25. But standing by the cross of Jesus were His mother and His mother's sister and Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw His mother and the disciple whom He loved standing nearby, He said to His mother, Woman, behold your son. Then He said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Jesus had compassion over his family here. To where he wanted to make sure that his mother was taken care of. But this points to a more beautiful type of theology. The doctrine of adoption. Christ was crucified so that we may be adopted into His family. The disciple whom He loved was adopted into His family. We are now adopted into His family through the crucifixion. This is why Good Friday is so good. Because we are now no longer spiritually fatherless. Communion is a beautiful thing. We're going to be taking communion here in just a minute as we examine ourselves, as we reflect on what Christ paid on the cross. But do you know why it's called communion? Because it is a community that takes it. We take it as a body of believers. We take it as a family of God. We take this as we reflect on what Christ has done for us. Number four, Jesus suffered for our sins so that we may find satisfaction in Him. Jesus suffered for our sins so that we may find satisfaction in Him. Somebody um, at the coffee shop asked the question, after I had stated that Good Friday is so good because Christ paid the penalty for us on the cross, he said, that sounds kind of selfish for Christians to believe that. That Good Friday is about you. Well, it's not selfish when Christ willingly, obediently, lovingly did this. And He did this so that we may find satisfaction in Him. No longer satisfaction in our sin, but satisfaction in Him. Look at verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the Scripture, I thirst. Jesus became thirsty for us so that we will never be thirsty again. 
Jesus became thirsty for us so that we will never be thirsty again. Verse 29, a jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. Church, Christ suffered pain so that we may find joy. Because Christ suffered pain on the cross, we now are able to know that there's no such thing as purposeless suffering. Christ suffered so that now we can have joy in Him. I know there's people in this room who are in pain. Whatever that pain is, you may be struggling with sin or sickness or anxiety, depression, addictions. You may be suffering with something in this room. But Christ, Christ took that pain on the cross so that you can have joy. Christ suffered pain so that we may find joy and He suffered loneliness so that we may find love. Christ was alone on that cross. Christ also suffered agony so that we may find acceptance. Because of what Christ has done on the cross, we are now reconciled to God. We talked about it Wednesday night. It's that imputation, that unfair exchange where Christ takes our sin and nails it to the cross and gives us His righteousness. To where now we, when we stand before a holy and righteous God, we can now have acceptance from Him. We can now stand before Him. All because of what Christ has done. And fifthly, Jesus died in our place so that we may have life abundantly. Verse 30. When Jesus had received the sour wine, He said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Christ gave up his spirit so that we may receive his spirit. Christ died so that we can live. He suffered so that we can have this abundant life. John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I have come to give life and to give it abundantly. And what we're going to talk about Sunday is that this life that Christ gives abundantly begins now. It's not a life that we wait on. This eternal life begins now. 
So Jesus was punished for our sins so that we may be set free from the penalty of our sin. He was humiliated so that God's glory may be revealed. He was crucified so that we may be adopted through Him. He suffered for our sins so that we may find satisfaction in Him. And He died in our place so that we may have life abundantly. So the worst Friday is good because it is good news for sinners. So church, I don't know what you're struggling with tonight. But what better night than tonight to give up our sin? What better night than tonight to turn to the risen King? Friday was a dark day. It was 2,000 years ago when Christ died on the cross. It says that after He died, darkness covered. Christ encountered darkness so that we can have light. So church, tonight, as we go into a time of communion, what is it that you need to come to God about? What is it that you need to turn to Jesus for? Because church, here's the thing. He died so that we can live. And He's giving this life to you freely. It's a good Friday. Nothing can take your joy from you. Nothing can take this abundant life from you. Because one of the best things that I've been studying about while going through the book of John is this. Christ holds us. When my, when my son hurts, I hold him. When he's in pain, I hold him. Unless he wants mommy to, which that's usually who he goes to. But the thought of because of what Christ has done on the cross, we can run to God and He'll hold us. And He'll never let us go. And I know I just said that we can run to God, but let me tell you something. You don't have to run to Him. He's already come to you. Are you going to receive Him tonight? So to the believer, do you need to be reconciled back into the grace of God? Do you feel like you've drifted? Do you feel like you are struggling and struggling and struggling? Maybe you can't get rid of the sin that's been holding you. Maybe you can't get rid of these problems you're dealing with. Let me tell you, there's joy at the cross. Stop clinging to your sin and run to the Savior. To the unbeliever. Do you know Jesus? Have you put your faith and trust in Him tonight? We're going to have a time of invitation. We're going to have our um, praise team go ahead and come on up. Um, 
The altar is open. Now, guys, listen, there's nothing magical about coming to the altar. Okay? In fact, this really isn't even an altar. I mean, we don't do those anymore. That's Old Testament stuff. But if you need to come up here and leave it here, then come up here and leave it here. If you need to come talk to me or to somebody else, find them. We're here. We want to pray with you. We want to lead you to Jesus if you have never put your faith and trust in Him. After the time of invitation, we'll have a time of communion. Let's pray. Father God, we thank You for Your Word. and We thank You for Your Son who suffered and died for us. God, I pray that You would help us this evening to see the beauty of it. To see what You've done. Help us to be gripped by it. We love You. We praise You. We thank You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.